Hey Rebels, thank you for tuning in. As you can no doubt hear, my voice is a little raspy this week, so I hope you'll bear with me. My two-year-old got me good and sick, and my voice decided to take a vacation. With that said, let's get started. Welcome to the Rebellion Brewing Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Barton. I'm super excited for today's guest, Pitmaster Rob Reinhardt of Prairie Smoke and Spice. He's won hundreds of awards for his mouth-watering barbecue. His food truck is slinging the best barbecue in the city, and you can find his special spice blends all around town at retailers like Butcher Boy on Park Street. Rob, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Before we get talking about barbecue, I wanted to just talk a little bit about Rising Sun Beer. It's our latest collaboration ale with Toolshed. They're outside of Calgary. Now, I know you've said to me, you have to abstain for the next few hours, so I'm just going to send some beer home with you. Perfect. You can let me know what you think. But here's what I think. It's fantastic. I love rye. I like a rye IPA. It's super easy, drinkable, bright, summery. It's, it's got those great grapefruit, citrus aromas and flavors, and uh, that spicy rye. Sounds like perfect beer for summer. And I think it goes great with barbecue. Good. Everything about it just goes, mm. And I'm looking forward to the idea of a collaboration brew. Tool shed, awesome beer right there. Graham, the barbecue nut himself. So I've run into him in the barbecue world a couple times as well. So it's a pretty cool collaboration. Have you barbecued with him? I haven't cooked side by side with him, but um, he came to my class. He's actually hosted my barbecue classes in Calgary for a couple of years. So it's a good partnership. Beer and barbecue, it's universal. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's such a small world in yeah, barbecue right. and beer. You guys can come together and everybody seems to know everybody. Yeah. It's all about community. <laughs> well, I noticed competition season has started. Uh, can you give me a catch me up? What's going on? Sure. It's um, competition is something we do. We've been doing it for at least 10 years this September. We've had a pretty good track record. Uh, we've actually won more barbecue competitions than any team in Canada. Doesn't mean we're guaranteed to win every time out. And uh, this weekend, perfect example of that. We flew out to Langley, BC for kickoff to our season. 29 top barbecue teams from across the Pacific Northwest and Western Canada and we were pretty happy to get fifth overall out of 29 teams. So the judges there gave us a little bit of feedback on our entries, especially our entries that didn't score very high. So I know I can make some adjustments. We're off to Okotoks, Alberta this weekend for our next competition of the year. So what's your specialty? What do you, what do you bring to the show that you're really proud of? Um, competition in particular, uh, we've been very successful with our brisket the last couple of years. Um, brisket is the most challenging of the four meats we cook at these events. And uh, for a rookie team, you know, the biggest focus is on cooking it very well. You want good flavor, high moisture, nice and tender without falling it apart. So that's what takes a little more skill and I pride myself. It feels really good when we actually nail it. This weekend, while I was thrilled with my brisket, I thought it was a little on the salty side when we sent it into the judges, and sure enough, I got a couple of comments back that we could have cut the salt back a little bit. So that'll be our fine-tuning for next weekend. Oh, okay. Salt with the rub? Uh, combination of our rub and injection. Both of them contain salt, so we're going to have to cut back on one of those a little bit. Okay. <laughs> uh, what's left for you to master when it comes to barbecue? Everything. You know, it, it's crazy. and I've had barbecue as a hobby at least 15 years now and by hobby I mean it's a 
pretty major part of my life. <laughs> I eat, sleep, sleep, breathe, and chat about barbecue virtually every day of my life. So I still think there's plenty to learn. In fact, I've taken a class myself in 2018 just to pick up a few skills, things, uh, things I thought I needed to develop a little bit further. And hopefully that kind of helps us with the competition scene and it helps us in our food truck and catering business as well. There's always stuff to learn out there. Stay humble. Absolutely. <laughs> I like the guy when you guys do the, the parfait. Yeah, that's our cup of Q. Uh, it's a big seller, especially on the food truck, because this is an environment where people don't necessarily have a quick opportunity to sit down and, you know, eat a sandwich or eat with a fork and knife out of a tray. So the cup of Q is uh, three layers of food. It's three of our specialties. The first layer on the bottom is our barbecue pit beans, and we top that with pulled pork. And finally, the upper layer is our apple cider coleslaw. Yeah. So as you're eating it, each of these layers complements each other. Start with the cool, crisp coleslaw on top, and that complements the hot pulled pork underneath. And as you get through the pulled pork, pulled pork complements the layer of beans that are on the bottom. So it's uh, people really enjoy getting through that. And you can hold it in one hand, eat it with a fork in the other hand. You can finish it off by the time you get back to the office. I love that. One of the other things I like to do is when I see your truck, I go up and I always bug them for burnt ends. Okay. It's like, hey, hey, burnt ends. And oh, you're one of those guys. It's good. <laughs> well, I have a thorough understanding of burnt ends. Um, I have to remember to teach my new staff exactly what burnt ends are. So that's good. For anybody listening who's not familiar with that term, uh, burnt ends are a Kansas City specialty. They're basically the caviar of the world of barbecue. And going back 20 or 30 years to these old school barbecue joints in Kansas City, the burnt, crusty edges of the brisket were often cut off and set aside. Once a week they'd have a special on literally the burnt ends of brisket. They got to be so popular, you know, the rich, smoky, spicy flavors. Barbecue joints needed a way to manufacture them intentionally. So there's a few workarounds in there. Uh, burnt ends are not something we specialize with on the, on the food truck because the best burnt ends are made from the point muscle of the brisket. We like slicing the point muscle of brisket and serving it on a sandwich. So uh, burnt ends, uh, if you get there early enough, um, especially right after we've carved that brisket, it's easier to fish those edges of the brisket out. So we can <laughs> accommodate a couple of requests per day. <laughs> <laughs> so are there any tips or tricks that you bring to competition? Well, gives you an edge. For me, it was practice. And uh, in the early days of me on the competition circuit, thinking back to 2009, 2010, Without trying to sound too arrogant, we won virtually every contest we entered back in those days. And it's not because I was the best cook out there. I have to be very humble about this. But I, especially in 2009, I was the guy who took it seriously. I wasn't getting wasted on, you know, the night we began our cook. And during practice, I took meticulous notes of everything I did. I invited people over for dinner. I took notes on what flavors were good. I made notes on uh, trying to achieve the perfect tenderness and all these things. And I was just very focused. I was never a huge team sport guy, you know, as a youngster, I was into skateboarding and snowboarding and stuff a little bit, but this really gave me an outlet for my competitive streak. And I, once I was focused on winning a barbecue competition, I went for it. So since then, I've taught a lot of barbecuers across Western Canada <laughs> and, and the skill level has risen dramatically and I've really got to work if I want to come out on top and, and, uh, it's kind of the glory days of expecting to win from contest to contest. Those are long gone. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's gotten my uh, focus back on winning and it still takes practice even after 10 years of competing. Well, I like to hear you say that. We talk about 
while we talk about people with barbecue, Regina's not necessarily known for its barbecue, but it feels like the culture is shifting and changing. That's absolutely true. And you could say the same thing across Canada. And 15 years ago, if I wanted a brisket, there was one butcher shop in town that would handle my request for brisket. You know, Butcher Boy on Park Street, if I called them on a Monday, they would bring in a case of brisket on Wednesday. They'd sell me one or two and they might have to grind up the other ones because there was just no demand for it. Now, the price of brisket has skyrocketed. And that's across North America. It is a very, very popular meat. And if people haven't cooked it, many of them have tasted it and they understand it. So specifically in, in relation to Regina, we've been offering classes for six or seven years now. And even seven years ago, the number of people in the city that were into Southern style barbecue blew me away. We end up getting uh, something in the order of 80 to 100 students from Regina alone through our classes every spring. So it's very cool to see the growth of this, this hobby. What the heck's driving that? People want to, you know, people want to cook. Obviously that's universal, that's never gone away. What's nice about barbecue is it gives people an opportunity to express their skills in an area, right? And food, especially barbecue, is about bringing people together. And, you know, people cook for the people they love. And Southern style barbecue gives the people a, kind of an opportunity to get outdoors. And if we can enjoy this wonderful weather we have, two or three months a year, people really gravitate towards that. So I think it's part, partly because they've tasted it, they want to cook it themselves, they've seen it on TV. Um, I like to say I've played a small part in the growth of barbecue, but it's, it is only a small part. It, it's, uh, the wave is spreading rapidly and it, it hasn't stopped. A couple of great barbecue restaurants in Regina are sharing in that, right? Because people can go get this food anytime they want now. I think you're being too humble. I think you're building the culture more than you give yourself credit for. One of my goals is to build a culture, so I'm going to keep plugging away at <laughs> it. So if someone wants to get started with barbecue, uh, what, what would be like the most common mistake that a newbie makes? Um, we're talking real southern style barbecue. Uh, people are used to cooking on their gas grills, right? We all grew up with gas grills in Saskatchewan. Uh, some of us experimented with, with charcoal a long time ago, but even charcoal grills going back 20 years weren't as popular as they are now. I think people have to gravitate away from the idea that you need to grill all your meat at a high temperature. You know, steaks, that may make sense. But if you get into something like chicken, whether it's chicken pieces or whole chicken, now you start have to you have to drift towards indirect cooking, and people aren't always familiar with that. So uh, people should not be afraid to slow down. And the other thing I try to teach people is a good meat thermometer really helps. A digital probe thermometer makes me a better cook, right? Chicken, for example, if you overcook it, it's going to be dried out. If you undercook it, it's going to make people sick. So you the, knowing the internal temperature allows you to cook a piece, perfect piece of chicken every time. So little things like that. Little tools, don't, don't skimp on the thermometer. Absolutely, it's one of the most important tools I have. I've got one at home, I've got one in my kitchen in Regina, I've got a couple of them in my truck in case I ever find, find myself needing a meat thermometer. <laughs> one of the big things I learned from the, my very first summer barbecuing in my new place was don't fart around with it, just leave it. It's, Let very, it be. it's very tempting to, to touch all the toys and play with all the settings. And yeah, that's just it. Um, if you're talking some of these meats that take a longer time to cook, like a, like a pork buck, for example, we want to cook that for 12 or 14 hours until it's truly fall apart tender. Trust yourself, especially if it's a smoker or a grill where you can monitor the cooker temperature over time. 
250 degrees, a pork butt is going to get tender. It might take 12 hours. It might take 14 hours, depending on the smoker you're using and so on. But it'll always get through. It requires very little supervision if you can trust your smoker to run at a stable temperature for a long time. If people want to sign up for your classes, where yeah. can they find more information? Our, our class information is on a website called bbqclass.ca. Uh, if you head to our main Prairie Smoke and Spice website, it'll, it'll lead you to that website anyway. Uh, we do have two classes left in Regina this year, one at the end of May and one the first weekend in June, maybe the second weekend in June. They're about 50% full right now, but you know, six years in Regina, virtually every class I've offered has sold out at some point. So now that the weather's nice, registrations are coming through. <laughs> so I'm thrilled about that. Uh, if people want to learn more, I'm happy to chat about it and uh, answer questions by email and whatnot. That's awesome. Yeah. I want to thank you for joining us today, Rob. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's been awesome. It's uh, literally, since Rebellion came to town, uh, my knowledge about beer has increased dramatically. My appreciation for fresh beer has increased dramatically. And just as I've shared a part in building the barbecue community, Rebellion's played a big role in building the craft beer community here. So. It's, uh, it's two companies have a lot in parallel. Are we going to be able to see your food truck maybe hanging out in the tap room a couple times this year? I hope so. Yeah, we're training new staff right now. And uh, as our calendar becomes a little more clear, love to get it parked outside the tap room a couple times this year, for sure. I'm wondering if we should run a poll on our Facebook page to see what kind of beer pairings and Absolutely. meat pairings. Yeah, we've got uh, beef brisket is our favorite thing to sell. Rebellion has a number of beers that pair very well with the brisket. So, yeah, I'd love to hear people's comments about what beer would pair with our brisket. Awesome. That's a great idea. <laughs> well, Rebels, hopefully by now you've noticed a recurring theme in our podcast. I love talking about beer and pairing it with amazing food. But something else happened in my craft beer journey. I also discovered the world of artisanal, locally roasted coffee. When I started out drinking coffee, it was as a journalist. I was just a young cub reporter working long hours, early mornings, late shifts, that sort of thing. I didn't really care about the flavor, I just needed some rocket fuel to get me through the day. But, as my craft beer knowledge increased, my flavor palette developed, and over time I've discovered a newfound love for high quality coffee. And that's what makes me so excited for next week's guest. John Cameron from Caliber Coffee is joining us. Caliber is a local artisanal coffee roaster operating right here in Regina's warehouse district. They're just a hop, skip, and a jump from the taproom, and they make some of the best coffee I've ever tasted. If you want to find the latest news about Rebellion Brewing, be sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Untapped. Once again, thank you for joining the Rebellion.